How's it going, ladies and gents? This is Keith, the host of the Low Key Podcast, and I'm joined here today with one of our other hosts, Aaron Lantern. How's it going? <laughs> and uh, we also joined with um, Tim Malloy. Ahoy, ahoy. All right, so today we're going to talk about The Mandalorian, one of the exclusives that came out with um, Disney Plus that everybody's been raving about lately. So um, we're just going to give our thoughts over the first couple of episodes of the show and also um, what the future looks like for streaming services nowadays with uh, with Disney Plus coming out, coming into the game. And it seems like everybody has a streaming service nowadays. So how do we feel about this new tale of a galaxy far, far away? I know just recently, Tim, you um, you wrote a a pretty good article about the Mandalorian and some of the Easter eggs that it had that was um, that was connected to the Star Wars Christmas special back in the day, which I, I personally never seen. But it <laughs> was the first time that um, Boba Fett was ever introduced into the canon. Yeah, I wrote a story for Movie Maker, uh, moviemaker.com about how the Mandalorian is calling back the very earliest Boba Fett story, which is a short animated story that shows up in the Star Wars Christmas special. Most people hate the Star Wars Christmas special. Uh, George Lucas isn't even a fan of it because it's really kind of a janky affair. But the cartoon with Boba Fett is great. It's really, really good. And it has a lot of stuff uh, that goes to just the core of who Boba Fett is, how you're kind of not sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Um, some special skills that he never shows in the Star Wars movies, but does show in the cartoon. And the Mandalorian has some of those skills. So, you know, Boba Fett famously is not a Mandalorian, but does wear Mandalorian armor. And so we're kind of seeing with the Mandalorian, the culture that Boba Fett has been biting or trying to live up to uh, throughout his bounty hunting career. Um, Mandalorians apparently are famous for things like riding the Mythosaur. They carry like a two-pronged weapon that we've seen the Mandalorian use in the show. They do a lot of things that Boba Fett does in that initial cartoon. So what I think is cool about this show is Jon Favreau is not only calling back all the Star Wars stuff that we love, but some of the Star Wars stuff that we don't love, like some of the Star Wars stuff that we've Mm -hmm. totally forgotten about. And he's kind of going to bring all of the universe together and unify it in a way I definitely didn't expect. I mean, I definitely didn't think that we were going to see stuff from the Star Wars Christmas special in this hot new Disney Plus show. (laughs) Um. Yeah, and I and I really I really want to speak to that in the sense where it I remember when I first seen Star Wars as a kid how cool I thought Boba Fett was, but now that I think back on it, I'm like, why did I think he was cool? Like Boba yeah. Fett literally did nothing in the whole movie, and in the in the two appearances that he made from um, what was it, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he really didn't do much of anything. But it was just some about his aesthetic and the mystery behind his character that made him interesting. And then now when you have like stories like The Mandalorian and you kind of get a deeper understanding of the this group of people who were a warrior race, which were pretty similar to, I guess you could say, like the Spartans. Mm-hmm. And where, where it was it's deeper than just being a warrior, but being a warrior is also like a part of their religion in a sense. Um. So I, so I always thought. Well, that he does way. say keeping my weapon on me is part of my religion, or something along those lines. Right, right. Mandalorian does. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I also like how it, it it really does feel like a um science sci-fi western. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was expecting more like um 
a route of like more of a sci-fi gangster film, but but also even when you think of bounty hunters, um, in a way you kind of go back into those old spaghetti westerns and stuff. And even the Mandalorian himself um, doesn't have a name. Like we we of course know that this isn't Boba Fett, but um, he he reminds me of um, Clint Eastwood character, the man of the man with no name. Yeah, and I and I feel like they did a lot of callbacks into to the old spaghetti western era. So, um, so Aaron, what do, what do you think? I know you're not as into Star Wars as me and Tim, but what were your initial reactions from the first couple of episodes? Just to, just to cut in for the record, you are wearing a Rebel T-shirt right now, Keith. Oh yeah, I just realized that. Yeah, didn't, I, yeah, didn't I even saying, do I, it I on purpose. Say, he, yeah, yeah, he. That's just how I, he rolled. I, I literally have so many Star Wars shirts that. I don't even know I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt, to be honest. <laughs> At this point in time, like he's like, it's just part of my skin, baby. I just walk around like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's interesting because I'm somebody who has very passively watched Star Wars. Like I'm into it, but like I'm I'm not somebody who's like deep in the mythos and knows a bunch of background about all this stuff with it. So when I remember the Mandalorian first got introduced. I was like, oh, okay, is that a Boba Fett show? Oh, not a Boba Fett show. I didn't know there was, a, you know, specifically a, a race of people. I knew, you know, some stuff, but that escaped me. Um, but as far as the show, I, I guess the reason I bring all that up is it's, it's interesting because I think the show works in, in a lot of levels. But it does feel like it's relying a lot on his mythos and like you really being super into like uh, just kind of catching some of the things that somebody who's not as big a fan would, would you know, latch on to. I do like some of the callbacks a lot, though, like the um, at the start of the second episode when his ship is um, uh, stripped by Jawas. Strip, strip. Yeah, I was like, I was like, well, like, how should I put this? Yeah, so it, it's a callback to episode four, at least the start of episode four. Uh, I thought that was a really funny thing. Although, um, no, it seems like no one's particularly successful at taking them down the first time. Um, it, it's it's got a lot of things that are, that work really well, but there's some things about it that are a little uneven, and I can't quite figure out what I think about it as a whole package yet. I also like that, just to nerd out, uh, Keith, did you get the feeling that that planet that he's on is Tatooine? Because it seems like it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does feel like it. It feels like it is also. But then but then I also think that that's the only place where Jawas live. Right. I, I could be. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. But you never see Jawas anywhere else besides Tatooine, right? Yeah, I've never seen an Ugnaught on Tatooine, though, I don't think. I mean, the only time I've ever seen Ugnaughts is in Cloud City. Um at the end of Empire, but I could be wrong. And then, and then also, um, I don't. They didn't have any. They they didn't have any Tuscan Raiders. I don't think because those are. Yeah, those are also usually you only see them on Tatooine. Um, based off what we know from the movies, I don't know too much about the um, Star Wars Extended Universe books, but um, based off our knowledge of that, yeah, I think it's Tatooine also. Yeah, there's enough movies to talk about. I also have never touched. I mean, I've read the books like a million, some of the books a million years ago, but I don't even try to keep up with like Clone Wars or the cartoons, any of that. Yeah, the extended universe stuff. And I, I just mean like in the books, the like actual walking around your hand, non comic novel books. 
those have definitely from people I know they've said it's extended, you know, kind of the the depth of that world and then even the comic book series um of old and of now like there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out um that that really builds on so many different aspects that you know somebody who's only watching kind of the main line movies would not catch on to right right i think that's a cool use of a streaming service I mean, there's all this there's all this mythology that they want to delve into, but they don't want to go too deeply into. People don't want to commit to the level of like reading a book or reading an entire comic series, but watching an you know 35 minute show every week is about the right level of stuff that you can get into. Like whether you're a casual fan or a hardcore fan, that's that's very doable. And well, it, it feels feel like, like they're doing it for the MCU also, like with uh, what is it, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then you have uh, the Black Widow show, and I think there's something else too, right? Oh, I wish oh, there was a Black Widow show. It's uh, it's WandaVision. Is it? Wait a minute. I thought um, I'm almost certain there's a Black Widow something coming out. I didn't think it was a solo film. There's definitely something else with Black Widow, and I thought oh, it was yeah. weird too because the, you know she yeah. died for the Soul Stone. Spoilers, yeah, I guess. There's a there's a film coming out for Black Widow. Oh, it's a film. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, Wanda WandaVision. I know there's a Loki show, and I think there's supposed to be a She Hulk also. Uh, I think the She Hulk is the She Hulk a movie or a show? Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, I, I, I thought it, it's coming. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's um, to add to Tim's point. That is a good way to use a streaming service because because also like I I don't know how casual fans feel about stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know as I right after I watched The Mandalorian, it made me go back and start watching a little bit of Clone Wars and stuff. And then I then once I went to Clone Wars, I was like, oh shit, they got other stuff. You got Star Wars Rebels, you got all these different shows that add to the the mythos of Star Wars that even me as a fan of Star Wars didn't even was never really got a chance to watch, honestly. Um and I, I can only imagine if I was like a casual fan and I just so happened to come across something like The Mandalorian and was like, oh, this is badass. And then I go back and watch all the other Star Wars films and stuff. Uh, well, I, I was going to say, spe- speaking of the, the show, again, just kind of getting back to our mainline topic. Um, what did you guys think of the use of silence in the show? Love it. Absolutely love it. I think Keith's point about the Clint, the Clint Eastwood spaghetti I think Keith's point about the Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Westerns is exactly right. Like I always use that example, like in the workplace, even you can like go in and say exactly what you think and tell everybody your opinions. And then people are kind of like, Oh, I don't like this dude. Or you can go in Clint Eastwood style and say as little as possible. And everybody kind of doesn't know which way you're going to go. And then you kind of have like the authority to turn and go like, all right, you guys know, I don't like throw my words around. I agree with Aaron. And then it's like powerful (laughs) when you do that. But if you're constantly like shooting your mouth off, if you're like a, you know, a Tony Stark who's constantly talking, I think you kind of have less authority than a Clint, East, a Clint Eastwood or a Mandalorian who um, holds it close to the vest. I like those yeah. characters a lot. Yeah. yeah, the the way he let the guy he that he first captured kind of talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, and then. You know, it's like, oh, I guess he's just not an engaging personality. And then he goes down the ship like, oh, well, I've got to relieve myself. And like, oh, that's <laughs> what this is? Oh, but damn. It's also like something to be said about any actor that's face is covered up and you could still feel some type of emotion from the character. Amen. Um, 
And I, I don't know if you guys got anything like that from it, but for, first off, I don't want to ever see the guy's face. If I yeah, see it, you know you will at some point. It got to be, for me, it has to be like towards like the end of the whole series before I actually see his He need to be dying to Vader. Right. <laughs> Fine. And and the reason why is because I don't, I think that adds to the mystery of the character. But we also, we have seen his face though. Yeah, we've seen him as a child. Right. Um, and and we, so we know that he's a human being under that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like, because cause I don't know if you guys remember, like for the longest, like I, I don't know if y'all y'all felt this way, but when I was a kid, I didn't know what the hell Boba Fett was underneath that. Like, I right. thought he could be an android. He could be an alien. Like, it's all these different things that you think when you think about it. And it's just that mystique of the um, the Mandalorian that we get. And I like that. I like that. But then also, you can tell by, like, his, his certain movements. And even though he doesn't change, have too many variations in how he speaks, you can... You can um, you can feel something from it. Like even when like even subtle things, like when um I was about to call him Apollo Creed, but mm. um Carl Weathers. <laughs> Carl Weathers, yeah. <laughs> when he was he was telling about the pay from the job and he just went on ahead and grabbed his grabbed his um the keys back from him, like mm. real subtly and stuff like that. And it in some parts of it he's he he's kinda um I won't say funny, but he has a little bit more character to him than I thought he would. Talking about when he was with the droid? Yeah, when he was with the droid, when he tried to ride the, um, what's the thing called again, Tim? The thing. Oh, <laughs> the, that um, thing's called a blurg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Y'all really know the names of all this shit offhand. That's amazing. I definitely did not know. <laughs> I, I feel like this is the longest conversation anyone's ever had about the Mandalorian. I almost want to see how long we'll keep it going organically, but I want to talk about this character so much. I feel like this is the longest conversation anyone's ever had about the Mandalorian without mentioning Baby Yoda. Yeah, I I, I felt like we could get there because um, <laughs> because there's so there's so much about this show to talk about before getting to that. Uh, but let's do it. Uh, let, let's let's come back to to the other stuff. Let's get to what the people really want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this though. Again, having not. I just feel like maybe I'm not thinking hard enough. I don't remember another person of the same species as Yoda walking around. Am I tripping? Has that happened somewhere? I think it's rare. I, I thought his race was somewhat extinct. Yeah, um, we've we've only met two Yoda-type creatures, now three Yoda-type creatures in the entire history of the Star Wars movies. There's Yoda, and then there's Yaddle, his female counterpart. Mm-hmm. who everybody's forgotten because she kind of looks like Yoda with like a wig. Um, and she showed up in The Phantom Menace and she was on the Jedi Council. So both yeah. her and Yoda have this incredible um, power and this incredibly tight relationship with the Force. And obviously Baby Yoda does too. We don't know if Baby Yoda is Yoda's son. We don't know if he's Yoda, Yoda and Yaddle's son. Or, uh, sorry, I don't know why I'm saying son. Could be daughter. We don't know really anything about Baby Yoda, including Baby Yoda's gender. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. And what, what? Yeah, how dare you assume Baby Yoda's gender, Tim? And I'm not saying Baby Yoda has chosen a gender. I'm not saying anything <laughs> about Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. I, I I saw a headline over the weekend. Like everybody had their Baby Yoda hot take, and one of the silliest, but also one of my favorite Baby Baby Yoda hot takes was. It's Baby Yoda's world. We're just living in it. So 
Who hey, am I? That's what it feels like based on what <laughs> what my man did to the the rhino creature. The mudhorn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, no, okay, wait a minute. Question. Did you know it was mudhorn without having subtitles up? Because that's how I noticed it, or you just knew that? I've used the subtitles a lot on this show because it, it has a lot of clues. I mean it does. The, it the does subtitles make it a much easier show to follow. No, I'd never yeah. I didn't I had no idea it was called Mudhorn until then. Yeah, I was lost up until that point. I mean, well, I mean, when I, I should I should just say without the subtitles, I would have been much more lost than I was. Um, like, for example, I feel like there's something I'm supposed to be picking up as a fan of the series, but I don't quite know the Mandalorian's connection to the Empire and why they would want a, you know, a baby Yoda outside of maybe to just like, squ- you know, kind of squelch you know, the, the potential, like maybe this species has a particular um, connection to the force that is easy to, and to make itself manifest even early on. And, okay. and they're concerned that it would, you know, that they're more um, likely to go towards the light side. And also the fact that the baby's 50 years old is a little confusing for me. Oh, they, that's the, um, they're age. They age differently. Well, but sure, but fifty oh, damn years. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking like with Yoda's race, if you're like a hundred, that's still like extremely young, of course. So, so are we yeah. supposed to to take from this too that the the rebels or whoever that I, I I don't what not okay I, for the sake of Star Wars I should not say rebels because that's confusing. The the um, bandits who had Baby Yoda, um, mm-hmm. were they? Did they have Baby Yoda for ransom? Or, like, what do you guys think was happening there? I don't know what's going on there. And that's actually a really good question. I'm curious about those people. Uh, like like Keith said, or not people. I don't want to be insensitive because whatever alien thing they call, call themselves. Um, <laughs> but as Keith said, you know, Yoda's race, they lived to be a very long, very old age. I mean, Yoda was 900 when he died in Return of the Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. for, for your other question... I did a story, again, from Movie Maker called um, Wait, Why Does Baby Yoda Have Powers Already? Something like that. And I think the answer is, and I hate to say this, midi-chloridians. Midi-chlorians. <laughs> I think it's another example of John Favreau kind of redeeming some of the most um, least fondly remembered aspects of the Star Wars universe when they introduced midi-chlorians. Everybody was like, hey, we didn't need to know how the Force works. It's cool. No explanation needed, but George <laughs> Lucas was like, no, no, no. We need to explain exactly what midichlorians are. They are things that live in the cells that uh, correlate to Jedi powers or correlate to um, force sensitivity. And so we can assume that Yoda's species oh. has an unusually high high amount of midichlorians. Um, it's it said in Phantom Menace by Obi-Wan Kenobi that Anakin Skywalker has the highest midichlorian count of anyone ever, even higher than Master Yoda. So we know that Master Yoda is known for really high midichlorians and presumably Baby Yoda too. Uh, so now we're the only people who will ever hear this conversation because everyone listening to the podcast has bailed out. I'll just say I did not remember that was a thing. Wait a minute. Was this introduced in, in when they went yeah. back and did episode one, two, and three? Yeah. That's the yeah. only time it was introduced. But it's never really... I, don't, I never ever remember it being mentioned again. But I do think from my understanding, to add to Tim's point, 
is that Yoda's race is known for being having people who are extremely strong in the force. Yeah, yeah I think you could leave it at that. You start getting to some scientific genetic. The reason that doesn't make any sense is. Well, yeah, eugenics, but even skipping that to some degree, it's like it's kind of hard to get into sciencey stuff when you're talking about like the force, like people who can like telepathically talk to each other, unless you're really about to go into some X Men level kind of thing. Bruh, bruh, I have terrible news. I have terrible news. <laughs> oh they're no, gonna, they're gonna get into all that because there's also a fan theory that the guy, the sort of nerdy guy who shows up. And says that he wants Baby Yoda taken alive in the first oh, episode. God, no. He has like an emblem on the side of his shoulder that is oh, the no. emblem that was worn by all of the clones who were created uh, again in the prequels. So this guy, we think, wants to clone Baby Yoda. Or Baby Yoda is an escaped clone or something. But there is some cloning angle here. So yeah, genetics is going to come into it. And it's weird that Star Wars that started off as like just this cool, fun fantasy is now kind of a very sciencey <laughs> bit of science fiction with midichlorian counts and clones I and things like don't that. I love this if that's where it's going. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna like be like. I, I won't accept this. It's just. Here's my hope. Uh, Here's my hope. My hope is that Favreau is gonna have all of that in the background so that people who want to Google it and want to go deep on all of this mythology can, but is also gonna keep it simple enough that you can watch the show just fine without knowing the whole history. Like you can watch Mad Max Fury Road without knowing the whole history of this community and why they need the stuff they need. You can just like it for the chases. And I hope Mandalorian is like that. I mean, the the reason I have an issue with it is, let's just say that's the case. The problem with it is the force is also, it's not just like the little powers. It's almost like, you know, um, plot armor too. Yeah. And it's hard for me to believe that eugenics are related to plot armor. Dude, I do not want Star Wars to get into eugenics or like debates about ethics of cloning and things like that. Like that's kind of the. I mean, it has it has done that already, but like Episode Two, like the approach of it isn't. It's more about like a soldier's ability, not you know. I mean, that's kind of a different thing to some degree. I'm I'm open to whatever it's going to do, and even if it's doing a thing I don't love, execution can always you know you know, win over anything really if you if you do it properly. Um but well, in the way I, I envision it, it doesn't work. But you know, this is, this I, I think is, we can trust these writers. Oh, I do too. I do too. I think they're on the right track with this one. I, I think an enduring problem with Star Wars of late has been somebody mentioned something as a cool aside, like in a little bit of universe building in the original trilogy. Like they'll mention um the Kessel run or they'll mention the Clone Wars or something and people go Oh yeah, we need to do an entire <laughs> an entire explanation of this because people were really worried and it was like, no, we weren't. We were good. We liked the yeah. mystery. We didn't need to see really even Darth Vader unmasked. Like it was kind of better before. It was kind of better before we knew exactly what the Kessel Run was and just had to use our imaginations. Um, but thanks Solo for showing all that to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then but then they make movies like Rogue One, which was just about getting the plans for the Death Star, but I thought that was super badass. Like, I love it. I, I think mean, that one worked great because that sewed, like, in and out of the of the existing mythology without messing anything up. Yeah, well, I think, so, yeah, I think to Tim's point, it's 
probably more concerning when they do something that like it'll be like this line of dialogue, like something interesting and they mention it like, yeah, I don't know, like this um I don't know, this technology does blah blah blah. Ah, but that hadn't happened since back in the day, generations ago. And then they do a whole movie about that. Something like main plot line related to this, let's play off of this and make it a thing. I think that makes more sense because at least it gives some explanation as to like how uh, Leia and all of them got the plans and, and, and actually how like what that escape looked like. I had seen Darth Vader in the Rogue One, like just thrashing people. Awesome. Yeah. That's like, such a like, dope movie. Yeah. Like he was supposed to be like he he was cutting through people like like Jason on Friday 13th or something. Yeah. That's like prime Vader. Well, no, yeah. well, not prime, not prime, well, but but but. It's how Vader, Un- unleashed. Vader should be, like, based off, like, how he's pretty much depicted as being, like, a force of nature. Mm-hmm. That that part of Rogue One was the first time I ever seen, like, Vader being depicted and how I viewed him in my head when I first seen that him. That is funny. Yeah, that's true. And then another thing, too, that actually stood out to me, watching The Mandalorian and being an adult now, I was like, this is some violent-ass stuff. It's just not blood everywhere. Right. It was like people would, when uh, he goes down there, the Mandalorian with the with the droid. I was like, "Dang, people getting shot up! It's just no <laughs> blood." You know, like, <laughs> I was like, man, it's like a Tarantino film. It's just if you took the blood out. <laughs> yeah, him and the droid was like they were stacking bodies. Well, like I was watching the end of Django. <laughs> <laughs> All you had to do was play a Tupac song. It'd be over. Also, I will say I was a little underwhelmed with some of the technology. I was just not expecting a turret laser that looked like a like it was built like a turret that needed bullets, but it was there were lasers coming. I was like, what is that? Yeah, but Dude. that's definitely that's definitely a Star Wars thing though, right? Yeah, sure. But but that that's terrible design though. <laughs> it's always like that. That's what I love about original Star Wars. It's like, oh, the engine won't start. Like they have all the problems that you have in real life. Well, right. it's not. It's not like those other, like the super sci-fi movies where they're like punching a couple buttons and travel through time. Like Star Wars is like, no, you have to be a good mechanic. You have to be a good driver. You need to figure out all these problems, and also you got to defeat the Dark Lord and save the universe. Well, you know what's unfortunate too is he knows a lesson that we don't know today, which is they he captures that first dude and they bring up the first car and he was like. Nah, I don't need no droid. I don't need a record and everything I'm doing. I need the old shit. Like, <laughs> just get just get me there and get me the hell out. Like I don't record everything I'm doing. Like it's gonna run a little worse, whatever. Like it can be bumpy. I don't really care. But yeah, I don't know. Like it is something funny about like I know it, it it's like we're watching on a streaming service and like on whatever device you're you're using. He's like, nah, give me the old shit. I don't know, just something about that. Like like basically he'd watch this on VHS yeah. just to make sure nobody knew when he paused and for how long he paused and rewound and watch certain scenes. He's like, nah, you don't need my data. I'll watch <laughs> this on VHS. <laughs> and nothing nothing tells us that Star Wars take place in the future anyway. I mean, even oh, in the, they say it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So pretty much it's probably the 70s in a galaxy far, far, far away. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they got yeah. old technology. They got a little bit of new shit. But, you know, but then again, they also have like space stations that can blow up a whole planet. So there's that. 
I will say uh, I'm fine on this side where randomly I'm not getting attacked by something so much larger than me that I would get dragged away and eaten <laughs> with armor on. <laughs> this is fine. I, I think, well, I'll rock this one. Uh, I, I feel like this show has really gotten back to the roots of that, the the like old mechanical spirit of Star Wars that was kind of missing definitely in the prequels and mm. somewhat in the new ones. That's kind of the charm of Star Wars. I mean, when they made that movie, Hardware Wars, I don't know if you guys remember that, but when I was a kid, it was like the funniest thing on earth where it was this short film called Hardware Wars where they had like irons fighting and all sorts of other like really like bad tools. And That's it was funny because it's not that far off from Star Wars. I mean, like the Millennium Falcon doesn't look like this sleek, cool device. It looks like it's been kind of strung together like like an old, you know, really fast hot rod or something like that. And mm. I love that stuff, especially when you're like a little kid. That's just fun. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, well, not think. I mean, you can clearly tell that people who are working on this show are, you know, um, that they really care. Um, they're fans and they're really uh, I think it's really reflected well in, in what they're doing. I, I think for me, what I'm curious about is, you know, will the show continue to be able to to maintain this, this level of engagement um, with, you know, like and, and be able to kind of hold on its own without kind of just mostly relying on the mystery. I mean, I'm curious about some of the things with the Mandalorian. I'm curious about what's happening with Yoda, but on a character level and on a plot level, I'm kind of missing something that would, would kind of take it beyond B tier and take it to, to like mu- like can't miss got to see this every week as stuff is coming out show. Well, let me ask this. The free trial period's over. Are you going to pay for Disney Plus? Well, the thing is, I already have Hulu, right. and I like watching sports stuff. So ESPN Plus is included in, in the bundle. So you know, for me, it just made sense to, to do it. So I, I mean, I chose to get the bundle because I mean, it. it I was going to paying for both anyway, and then yeah. I get ESPN Plus essentially for free. So. Yeah. For me, it's a no-brainer. But it, th- that was... I will say the other pieces of the original content that Disney Plus has so far, they're yeah. not for me. Um, I don't like hate any of them, but you know, I'm not like, ah, I just got to watch all of this. Um, and maybe that could change. I mean, I don't think all the shows... Like The Mandalorian only has two up, and I think they're just putting out uh, one a week. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if all the other shows are doing that, too. Uh their but backlog you, of content for me is good too, though. I was gonna yeah. say their backlog is amazing. Like, just I just got gargoyles though. Just that's gar- all you, th- man. All, all the people in our age range, hmm. that's most of what we're looking for. Who are boys? We just want to watch gargoyles. <laughs> it's just like real talk. Like that shit was so good. Like, what's what what show? Like, there's a lot of good shows in 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 that era. But like for Disney, that was the best show Disney ever had to me. Like, Man, so first thing I looked up though wasn't Gargoyles. I looked up Tailspin so I could see, so I, I could sing the thing. But you got Tailspin. No, no, no. I got Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Rangers. I got so, Darkwing also. Darkwing does. Yeah, and all of that is on there. 
But the yeah, thing- well, and then also the other thing I looked up because now you can't find this basically, and I was like, let me see if they got it. And then I lost my mind. They got Tamuna Pumba animated series. Hmm. Yeah, they do have that. But you know what else they got on there that I was so shocked that's on there? What's that? The Black Cauldron. What is that? Man, that's what I'm saying. Don't know. Don't everybody remember that movie? It was a, it was a Disney movie. It was a fantasy movie, and it almost made Disney go out of business. It did. Oh, so oh, wow. like, go, go on. Like so, I, I read the book back when I was like in um, I was probably like middle school, high schoolish and stuff. And it was like it was one of the first high fantasy books I ever read. Like this is before I read Lord of the Rings. This is way before Harry Potter came out. I think the writer wrote it in the '60s, and so Disney did an adaptation of it, and that shit is dark. Like it is not a Disney movie. It is somewhat mm-hmm. terrifying, <laughs> and so it just didn't do well in the box office. And um, Disney was like in some hot water back then. Okay, but so are you saying it's a good film that because it was Disney didn't get didn't have critical success? In my opinion, it's a good film um, from what I remember. I haven't went back and watched it yet, but I was shocked to see that it was in there. Um, So I just think that's like real deep cuts and that they even brought that out of the vault, you know? Yeah, the first thing we watched after after The Mandalorian, well, okay, first was Empire Strikes Back, but after that was Tron. Tron, oh. Like, that's another deep cut. That was cool. Yeah, but Tron was like, was was like the shit like it's like a cult classic like most people don't even remember black cauldron another thing i'm gonna tell you what we watch we watch um a goofy movie oh of course you did i already got a favorite look this is a black people thing tim you ain't gonna get this black, one. you guys movie. talked about this about how the goofy movie is like a black movie i had yeah, no man, idea this is super black. no oh, no watch it now it's a it's a, with that context <laughs> knowing that it's such a black movie it's ridiculous and, and you know what? I, as I watched again, I was like, "Yeah, I, I see why we feel that way about it." But 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 then back then we really didn't have nothing else to relate to that Disney created, honestly. But yeah, you know, not, not you know, really. What's also weird about that though, and I had thought about this because someone had brought up how Goofy. So this girl, where we was having this debate over what Goofy was, right? Is Goofy a cow or is Goofy a dog? He's a dog. I never heard anybody say that Goofy was a cow, but pretty much she said that he was a cow. And then we looked it up and somewhere in Google, they said, yeah, Goofy is a cow. No. Yeah, exactly. But then the whole thing was like, but Disney just a lot of people were saying that he was a dog. So everybody just kind of took it and ran with it. But then when I looked up Goofy, they was like, oh, no. So he is a dog. He's this and that. But then I also started reading up on stuff about him being um, pretty much a caricature of um of black people. I was gonna say don't say it. Really? Oh no. Yeah. Exactly. And so like like a negative, like this goofy, dumb, but but then also like good natured Negro. And so also like when they were making those characters back like uh man, what was the name of that that movie that nobody likes to ever mention Song, now? Song of the South and there's a really there good podcast go. about it now uh-huh. on You Must Remember This where she's doing like six six up Karina Longworth of uh you must remember this is doing, I believe, a six-episode series on Song of the South and the history and why it will never be on Disney+. Plus. Right. Oh, well, of course not. No, that's not happening. <laughs> well, I should have looked for. But no, <laughs> when, I, when I read about that, about Goofy, I was like, damn, it just kind of struck a nerve in me for a second. I'm like, okay, that was the time 
And that's what the character was created around. But then it also made us, now that you mentioned our um, love for a goofy movie, it made me rethink how I felt about a goofy movie, too, and how we feel so connected to that movie, even though the main character was initially made as a black stereotype. Man, time's change, you know. I, I don't know. I mean, wow. It's wild. It is. <laughs> time's change. Yeah. I mean, because the one thing that, that immediately stands out, how you know they meant for it to be a black movie, Max, who is the main character, is wearing, like, that very stereotypical, and I don't mean stereotypical, like, in some negative light, but he's wearing the real baggy pants. He's wearing the hoodie. Um, he em- uh, tries to emulate Tevin Campbell. Wow. Um, it, it's, it's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Now, it's, it's, he, his name is not Tevin Campbell in there, but like this is a dude named Powerline who's a, a, a musician and he does a bunch of stuff. Anyway. His name is yeah, Tevin Goofy. Yeah, like a Goofy movie, if we're going to talk about that, deserves its own podcast, but we'll, we can come back <laughs> to that. This is a Mandalorian oh, podcast. Goof Troop is on there too, you know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like father, like son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. good, good show, man. I remember all those. Um, so, out of curiosity, look, you, y'all asked me if I got Disney Plus. Uh, do you guys have it, it like bought? And are y'all gonna keep getting all these extra services? Like, I, I haven't even seen a reason to get the Apple TV thing, and I know it's out, but I don't know what would convince me to get it right now. I'm gonna be super honest. We're on a really tight budget right now, and we didn't even consider Apple Plus, <laughs> but um, we're all over all over Disney Plus. Like it doesn't I, I feel like I can't miss Mandalorian. Um my girlfriend got it so in turn I have it so Apple <laughs> Plus or no. it's called is it Apple Plus or Apple TV? What what's the name of it? No, um I'm talking about Disney Plus. I didn't even I, think about I'm saying Plus Lord. They've already I I didn't, I didn't even think about doing the Apple but um so she got it so therefore I have it. But it, I do want to go ahead and get back on um, the the DC Universe app. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, man, they got stuff I do want to see. Seriously, because for one, of course, there's Titans, and then there's the other show that we reviewed on the podcast, um, Doom Patrol. Yeah. Doom Patrol is really good. You got the uh, Young Justice series. Yeah, and I'm also extremely excited for this Harley Quinn show. Like, it looks so fun. I don't know if y'all seen the trailers for it, but it looks freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it does look interesting. And so I guess that's the thing that's really, it's funny. We just named some things off that app that we're really excited by. Um, I'm trying to think what Apple, the Apple thing, I can't think of the name of, even has. I know they have a show with Ben Stiller, Jennifer Aniston, and somebody else. So it's Steve it's Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, and Jennifer Aniston. Um, See, about I'm him. getting my white people mixed up, my bad. About- Shame about a morning show, and uh, I actually do want to hear that because there was a good Reese Witherspoon fresh fresh air interview this week that made me want to watch that show. Yeah, there's also um, some show with Jason Momoa that actually looks pretty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it has a terrible title. Um, because uh, I I was watching some YouTube videos I saw that, and I was like, I'd probably watch this, but man, if I had not seen this. This trail, I wouldn't even think about it because the name of it's so boring. Like it's like a one word thing. Let me see if I can find it real quick. While we talk about Apple stuff. Isn't the M Night Shyamalan show coming? Okay, Shyamalan show coming. M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. 
And his don't he have a show coming out? Is is it on Apple? Servant? I think it's on Apple. I could Dude, they gotta get better names. That that is not enticing. Servant? Is that what the name of it is? I think that's what it's called. It's servant. Um, it does seem like it seems like cable got to a point where it was like ridiculously expensive and everybody got rid of it and switched over to you know, they're like one or two streaming services, and now it's getting to the point where to have everything that you really want to have, it's going to be about as much as the cable bill. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. And then somebody's going to go, you know, it'd be great if we put all these bundles under one app together for the price of what it costs to get all of them together. Yeah, that that might be true, but the, I, but the thing, though, is that you have the choice. Like, when you have cable, you have all this shit that you're probably not going to watch anyway. Yeah. Like, at least if you know, like, Cause technically speaking, you could you could like have Disney Plus and be rocking with that for three to four months, and that could be the only thing that you have. You can cancel it, then go get another subscription somewhere else and be rocking with them for a while. So it's kind of like you can make the choice to do it how you want to, because you can only watch so much at one time. There's no point in having about six different subscription services at once. Because that's, that's the a- thing; it's it's a lot. And by the way, that that Apple TV thing. Uh, with Jason Momoa, it's literally called C, S E E. Yeah, exactly. Huh. What? Why in the hell did they name it like? That's just they just need more people in the room. Like, how did they put that on the board and then say that's it? That's what it make people want to watch. Maybe they got um all these titles that's gonna be like something weird, and if you put them together, it makes a sentence or something. Dude, I swear. No, no, damn, that's funny. <laughs> I, like I you do. See, and then a show called My, and then like Servant or something. I don't know. Aaron, because you mentioned an app that controls all the other apps, like a streaming service for streaming services, I did get a news release for a new streaming service and platform called Minnow, quote, which provides a one stop destination for audiences to discover the best content available across their streaming service subscriptions Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Apple TV, etc. With tomorrow's launch of Disney Plus, which will also be included in the Minnow platform, the timing for the launch of this service could not have been better. So I guess that is already out, and there might be another thing yeah. like it coming out. Um, that was that would have been like a good free ad for them, except that I read it so so badly. I don't think they're gonna. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, look. So check this out. These are the names of the three shows that I, that I know about on Apple TV. So. You have the morning show, C and Servant. Yeah, these are some trash names, man. Like you can kill like some really good content with a bad title, and these are bad titles. But if if you focus grouped them and you were like, "What's a better title, the morning show or the Mandalorian?" I think most people would be like, eh, "Morning show." No, nah, they would say Mandalorian. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you there. And, and even if they don't even know. Like, look, if, if you had the same show, same content, and you said, <laughs> we're going to name this either The Morning Show or The Mandalorian, and will you watch it? You're like, Definitely. also? Just think about it. If you if, call it the same content for Mandalorian, you call it The Morning Show, no one's watching that shit. What if it's a show about a bounty hunter called The Morning Show versus a morning show called The Mandalorian? What is a worse name? As and they never... It? If they do it, if they do it as like just a show about like people working on a morning show, they never explain why it's called The Mandalorian. Like every episode, people are like, that was a good episode, but like, what? Why is it called The Mandalorian? What is a Mandalorian? 
Is that a car? Like what? What are they? You, you know what this reminds me of when when I was doing stuff because I'm messing around with some things with creating a company. And the thing that's so funny is when when you sit down and you try to make a logo, one thing you realize is I could literally make a logo that has the thing like okay, like if you have a like a lawnmower company, you could put yeah. a lawnmower as your logo, but yeah. like I mean that's not necessarily gonna like entice people, but on its own, like you kind of like, you, like in, for example, Amazon. I mean, you could put a forest, but they just have like a smiley face. I don't Dude, know. Like, stuff, you, got, you got to figure out what what fits for you. This makes me crazy with small businesses where somebody will like do a play on their name or something. So they'll do like, like their last name is Bates, and they'll do like, um, it's oh God. I don't have a good example at all. They'll have like a a hair salon. And their last name is Malloy, to use my name. So they'll be like, Malloy's Boys and Girls Cuts. And then you're like, oh, yeah. wait, what is this? What? Oh, it's a, oh, cuts, like haircuts. Okay, I, I don't, what are you talking about? And it's like, it works with the name, but it doesn't work with what they actually do. Mm. Where like, if you see like, where it's like, Hair Patrol, you're like, oh, that's clever. It's like Air Patrol. Good job. Well it's done. Just- it's important not to be literal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. You don't have to literally say what it is. Like, you don't have to have a mission statement in the name of your company. Yeah. Or the name of your show. Yeah. But I think, I think in a, I think in a sense though, like with name, like I love name and stuff. I don't know if you remember in high school, I used to like helping other people come up with names for their stories. <laughs> oh, th- this is the thing he did, by the way. Yeah, that was a, Smith. Yeah, and 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 I think one thing to kind of take into consideration is just like just off the name itself, you kind of have to know what you're getting yourself into. Like to me, the best title of a film is "There Will Be Blood." That's a great title. That's a cold title. That that I didn't know. I'm gonna tell you something. I didn't know shit about this movie. I literally was at the movie theater one day. And I was like bored, and I said, "I'm gonna just pick a movie." <laughs> and I, was, I saw, you know, just a white guy's face. It looked mm-hmm. the post, he looked grim, and it just said underneath, "There will be blood." I said, "I don't know what this shit about, but I'm about to watch it." <laughs> I, at, at some point, there will be blood spilled in this movie, or something. It's just something that catches your attention. Or like, even if we go back to Star Wars. Look, you just if you never knew what a Star Wars was, you know that this nine times out of ten gonna be a science fiction film. It's all there. So yeah, like I don't know, like because to your point, I feel like you could do something like for the morning show, like I don't know who ate Simone's cake. For (laughs) for C, it could be like I'm gonna fuck him up. (laughs) As a title, and then what's the other one? Servant. It could Servant's like a I think it's a um like a suspense or horror thing. I, I, I like saw pieces of a trailer. I don't know, but I mean, Servant just doesn't say anything. Like I remember, and this is real. This is real, by the way. Kevin Durant, who's his NBA superstar, some years ago, uh, people were trying to give him a nickname, and like they gave him the Slim Reaper. He said, "No, no, no. I want you to call me." And I'm not joking. It just so happened. This is his name. The name he, he chose, the Servant. <laughs> and people were like, "The Servant." What he meant was, and so when you out on, on the basketball court and you just, you know, uh, just scoring at will, you could say, I'm serving somebody. 
So he's thinking, it's, oh, I'm the servant because I'm I just I'm serving folks, you know, here, there, everywhere, right? But it sounds like your occupation is the servant. If you just like, yeah, I'm the servant. No one says like you're a servant. They're just like you're serving people. But you don't have to then, you know, make that a. I don't know. Like you can just see it, it just doesn't work. Right. Server um, sounds better than servant. It's still stupid. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's that too. Yeah, because it'd be like I'm the server, but if you say I'm the servant, it it has a different. Anyway. Or 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 being called the chef, which I think that's a common thing, but a chef serves. So. But anyway, yeah. what? <laughs> so what do you think about um, the future of um, Netflix with all these streaming services coming? Oh, they straight. You think they're gonna be straight? They're going to be straight. And also, uh, Monique, you know, okay, just 10 seconds on this. We talked about Monique before and her complaining about, like, not getting paid. They don't pay her because she's not bringing in the dough. Netflix messes with black folks more than anybody as far as, like, allowing them to do stuff with content and rent. Let me tell you something also about Netflix. Netflix do... They, they, they do. You know what I'm saying? Because do you know how many trash movies? Let me not say trash. Plenty. No, 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 no. no oh, fine. I'll, I'll say it. No, let me, let me go back because I will say this: making a movie is a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, so, so, are we taking that part out? <laughs> so, no, we don't have to take it out. But when I mean by trash, these are like very, very like, um, you know, the scripts are not pretty good, and they just, you know, might not have the best acting, but they're on Netflix, you know what I'm saying? And some of these movies are produced by, you know, African-Americans or just different people from different walks of life. And I like the fact that Netflix gives these people a platform to showcase their, their films. Netflix um, puts African movies uh, on there. They put, they have movies on there about like from people who, I mean, like they do really good work. They don't have like huge budgets. I can't remember this offhand right now, but they had one about like the black gangster scene out in in uh, the UK, hmm. and it was fascinating shit. And I, no one else was gonna like put this out for me to look at it. Netflix well, did. That's, that's like what you want, right? Where there's that whole idea that black people have to be excellent to get anywhere, and. Right. In the perfect world, it's like you would have mediocre black films just like mediocre white films. I mean, there's mm-hmm. lots of mediocre white films, some of them on Netflix, some of them, <laughs> you know, everywhere. Yeah. Um, most movies are white movies and a large number of movies are not good. Yeah, it's kind of like the um, Lifetime movies, right? Like when I think of mediocre movies, I think of Lifetime films, right? Majority of Lifetime films do have white people in those films. So Netflix does have like the black version of that, and they also got like the nonsensical hood movies too. And now you and lost it, me because Lifetime films are amazing. I don't know what I mean. <laughs> Best quality. That, that, they're pretty. I, they're pretty, they're pretty I, basic. Respectfully but disagree. You know, <laughs> hey, some Lifetime movies like I y'all seen like God, I remember one time they had like a series. I don't know if it was like for a month or for a week, or whatever it is. Like they had these movies about like abusive relationships with men. Yeah, and so it was like all these different scenarios, and they made like several movies about it, and like seeing all the different ways things can go wrong, and like you trust somebody and blah blah blah. And like I was like, man, it's gonna. I, I just kind of saw it like one day when I had cable, like eh, whatever. And then next thing I know, I was just sitting there like the whole night, like, damn, oh, Karen, get out of there. 
In Lifetime, also, I always had those movies where it's like this um, this this girl is obsessed with this married man. Yeah. And it's like way older than her. And then she pretty much goes after him and his family. Like, it's a lot of those going around. Yeah, but none of them reach fatal attraction levels, which is but, one of my favorite movies. Oh, so good. But back to my point about movies that's considered, let's say, like trash movies, is that you kind of you kind of need them. You know what I'm saying? The older that I get, the more that I realize that they they add something to the um to the art form itself. You know what I'm saying? Like every movie can't be there will be blood. Like well, some movies need to be dolomite. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Netflix <laughs> Netflix have there's some huh? amazing movies on Netflix. I mean, Dolomite is my name is a fantastic Netflix movie. I mean, The Irishman uh, is an no, incredible I don't think Netflix he means movie. Dolomite. No, no, no. Though. Oh, I know, I know. But then, you know, <laughs> Netflix is also the master of, like, just the movie that you kind of watch while you're doing something else. Where, like, you don't really yeah. want to pay that much attention. You need those movies, too. You know, yeah, one, one of those movies I really want to watch I haven't gotten to yet is the one. I can't remember uh, exactly what it's called. But it's that Stephen King story where a couple go somewhere to, like, be together alone. And they have this fantasy. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's, pretty, it's pretty good. I I ain't gonna lie, a lot of people be hating on this shit. I love Gerald's game. I seen it like twice. But it's like it's real slow for people who are like just want because it takes place in one place for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah, you could do it as a play, basically. And then there was the one, what was the other? They had a couple of Stephen King stuff on there. Cause it's yeah, like, they got they got some they're getting ready to make too. Like the one where the people get lost in the grass. I think it's just called Grass, which is also a terrible title. Um <laughs> What was it? Really like, like 1940 or something like that? The one with a man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 1963? Uh, November 22nd, 1963? No, not that one. It's it's one on Netflix where this guy um, him I know and what killed his wife. It has like a lot of rats. And he, and, he, and he has to keep trying to hide it. Like, so they don't know he did it. And like, he keeps trying to hide it for like the insurance money or some shit. Yeah, he killed it for the insurance money. And the, and the, and the son knew it. It's, I don't know. It's a crazy film, though. If you haven't checked it out, Tim, you got to check it. It's a Stephen King film, and it's on Netflix. So Netflix nice. got some stuff in there. I'm I'm also, like, super geeked about The Witcher. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, especially after this last trailer for it. It looks freaking amazing. Hey, another thing Netflix got, boy, anime up the wazoo. And they do a lot to support it. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that they still are able to, you know, Find that lucrative. They got diversity in anime because we we just recently talked about Cannon Busters, which is has to be like you know it's a, it's I think it's a pretty good like African American type of um anime. And mm-hmm. then the one I cannot remember the name of it, but it's more of a Hispanic anime. I don't know. Oh 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 um oh, shoot, it's what? good too, and I can't think of the name of it. Um, it's got Michiko and um um. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. That's a different one. That's a, that's a totally different one. Um, yeah, I know what you, I know what you're talking about because that that one came out a couple of months ago. I need to watch it. and I have not watched it. Uh, Bobby told me something about it. It was really funny, but I can't remember what it was now. So so yeah, they they got their own little thing going on because I really don't want Netflix to go anywhere. Not as much as I love Disney Plus, not even like Hulu. Um, oh yeah, Netflix to go anywhere, you know. Yeah, Hulu has their own thing too, and I, I they've been doing a lot of interest, interesting things with 
the um, kind of originals. They're letting a lot of different voices have opportunities. Uh, Like there's one that recently came out um, about, I want to say it's like a Muslim American um, and just kind of his experiences out in the world. They got some stuff, even like what they did with um, what's that really popular show about? Uh, like the future where women don't have rights. <laughs> Why can't I think of that? The bridesmaid tale. No, no uh, the bride, the handmaid tale. tale. Yeah. My bad. Is, no, is it handmaid? I, I never say it right, but yeah, that Handmaid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my mom and them love that show. Disney's never going to do a show like that. Like, so it, it, I guess it, part of the thing, Disney Plus is, is going to have the thing that it does. But what it does is not going to be what you can do elsewhere. So, for example, we're definitely never going to see like a Daredevil kind of show like that takes like that level of stuff. I mean, that's obviously their properties, but they'll never be that grimy on their with their own characters, you know, on their platform. Right. I was I was even shocked, though, honestly, to see that the Runaways was on there. Have you guys checked that out? Well, that's on Hulu, um, so I mean that that's under them too. But I, I haven't watched the Runaways. Well, I was just saying, just from the the content of the Runaways. Oh yeah, I, I know the content of the Runaways though, because I read some of the books. Um, and I don't know how faithful it is, but I, I'd be kind of shocked if they um, <laughs> keep a lot of it. It's um, it's pretty cool. I've never read the comic books, but I've read. I've I've seen the first season of the Runaways. Yeah, I know the second season's out, I believe, already. Oh, could have. Well, man, I, I think look, we've been talking almost an hour. I think it's it's cool to to wrap it up here. Um, getting back oh. to the Mandalorian, uh, I I do just want to say I recommend people check it out. You know, especially if, if you're a fan of Star Wars, you have to watch it. You have, you have to. to. Yeah, it, it's mandatory viewing. So um, just keep that in mind. Cool. Uh, if you enjoyed this, I'd love for you to also check out Movie Maker Interviews, where I talk to some of our greatest movie makers about the art and craft of making movies. Anybody, anything else? Oh, and we talk about uh, the latest episode. I talked to Daniel Kaluuya about a theory that we raised on this show about who the villain will be in the new Black Panther. Uh, he completely, uh, he sounds completely unaware of that theory. So I'm not so sure that we were right. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> or he, or, or. He's just being an amazing actor again. He is an amazing actor. Uh, Queen, and, Queen and Slim is a fantastic movie, but I still don't think we're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm not. You know, I, I'd be happy to be wrong, but I'm is right. Is Slim out already? Comes it out comes November out 27th. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I'm just really I'm, good. I miss anything. That is, I, I feel like I'm not even ready for it. Um, I'm ready for it. I feel like we have to talk about it. Um, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely get on Queen and Slim. Like, am I emotionally ready to watch that movie? Probably not. That's the thing. So, we'll see. You know, I have, I have some, uh, you know, expectations, but I'm just just going to watch it and enjoy it for what it is or try to. Um, oh, also, hey, if you made it this far, man, you got to please give us a review. Uh, share this podcast with a friend. Let them know what's up. Uh, also, please follow us on social media. Uh, we got our Instagram account at the Low Key Podcast, as well as Facebook. Please check us out there on those platforms and you know share and like and all that goodness. 
and maybe check out a little website that Keith runs called coffeeandnamaste.com. Coffee, like that stuff you love. Namaste, like that thing you say at the end of your yoga class if you go to yoga. Good for you. <laughs> coffeeandnamaste.com. Yeah. Damn, that that's the best reading I've ever heard you do, Tim. Right, that that was pretty wow. dope. All right. Sorry, uh, sorry, Minnow. I'll try to do better <laughs> next time for you guys. They're not yeah. a sponsor, so, you know, you get a bad read when you're not a sponsor. I'm sorry. You're but when you are a sponsor, you get that namaste read. Oh, when you're yeah. coffee and namaste, we hook you up. Right, exactly. Tim is officially a part of the, of the staff. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that. And also with that, also check out um, Tim's podcast he has with his wife, Deidre, called Shoot This Now. Um, pretty good stuff. They pretty much just talk about um, things that they would like to see made into movies or TV shows. So check them out on there. And um, yeah. I think that's it for us to, today, tonight. Um, check in with us next time. Yeah, and if you have something you want us to talk about, hit us up on social media. Let us know. We'll give it a look. All right. Peace.